What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That is David Lake. We are coming to you again with an instant recap edition, last one of the season. Thank God. <laughs> uh, Miami blanked in the Independence Bowl by Louisiana Tech, 14-0. to We're going to get all into that real quickly. Um David, did you see this coming? Because I was telling all my friends to hammer Louisiana Tech money line uh, all day. So I, I guess I saw this one this coming. Yeah, certainly the elements were there. I mean, I predicted Miami to win just because I don't have the heart to predict Louisiana Tech beating Miami. Um, I, I certainly didn't see zero points against Louisiana Tech happening. Did you foresee that? No, I thought they would be able to tinker with the offense, given kind of some off time and um, retool some things. I thought maybe we'd see more of what we saw week zero against Florida in terms of different formations and trying to get the ball involved. I did not see zero points, but when you take a step back, it makes a ton of sense. They started three true fr- or three freshmen on the offensive line, excuse me, not three true freshmen, but this is just it's it's a bad unit. Um, they consistently ask the offensive line to hold blocks. They consistently go under center, um, and they're making Conference USA fronts look like uh, SEC fronts. And um, so, when I when I look at through it through that lens, no, I'm not not surprised at all. I'm with you from the running game standpoint. I thought, you know, for whatever reason, this offensive line. First, for, they're not good at pass protection, of course, but for some reason they're even worse at run blocking. And I thought that was again the case today. Miami could get nothing done running the ball. Um, I'm with you on the offensive line playing poorly. Certainly in the second half, you know, Louisiana Tech just kind of pinned their ears back and, and really got after the quarterbacks. I would say though, in the first quarter and like midway through the second quarter. I think it kind of boiled down to like Jaron Williams just being off. Like he was missing throws. He was behind a lot of throws. Some of his throws were high and he had guys open and he was just missing guys for whatever reason. So in my mind, you know, again, the offensive line is not good. I'm not saying they played well, but I think they played well enough to start the game. And then as things kind of just snowballed and, you know, Louisiana Tech got confident and started just attacking that line of scrimmage, then we started to really see poor offensive line play along with inconsistent quarterback play, no matter who was back there. And we can get into that here soon, I guess. We got to see Tate Martell. What were your thoughts? Um, I wanted to see more, I think. Um, It seems like, well, when he was inserted into the game, we didn't know if he was pulled or if this was like a package type situation. And given what Manny Diaz said after the game, he told reporters and what he said on 560 WQAM, it seems like they were going to play him regardless of how things were going in the second quarter. And um, just kind of trying to remember everything that happened on top of my head, it seems like he was given a lot of one read type of throws where it was either if it's not open, you just run. Um, so I don't think it was really a fair assessment or evaluation of him. I mean, it was fun for a little bit. I think he had that one Lamar Jackson-esque juke, which resulted in a loss of yards. But you could see that he's he's fun and and he can make guys miss. And 
I mean, he can mask a very bad pass-blocking offensive line in, in terms of him just kind of getting around and eluding defenders. So I just I, w- I wish we would have seen more, maybe him running more packages and plays that are better suited to his skill set. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, look, bottom line, the results and the production weren't there for when he was in the game. So let's just say that. But, you know, like you said, he... He does have the ability to extend plays. Um, you know, he wasn't able to find anything when he did extend those plays. Is that a result of the receivers not knowing how to execute scramble drills? Is that because Tate Martell doesn't know how to keep his eyes downfield and find guys in those situations? I don't know. Um, but certainly, it was exciting when he was in the game. But again... Uh, the production wasn't there. The results weren't there. And it was kind of a mess, to be honest. I am with you, though, that I would like to see more of it if, you know, if there is a scheme that's tailored to his skill set, which Danny knows doesn't run a scheme that fits <laughs> what Tate Martell does best. Well, that's let's get right into this. So Tim Reynolds, before the game uh, of the Associated Press, he kind of put out our, basically a report that said, bar- barring any uh, unforeseen change or, or, or last-minute change, uh, Miami's going to part ways with Dan Enos. David, me and you kind of called this or projected this uh, a few weeks ago on the, on the podcast, said that we wouldn't be surprised if Manny uh, went in, in a different direction. And this is really the third straight game where the offense has done nothing, and yeah. that has resulted in the defense has kind of given up. And I know everyone wants to call for Blake Baker's head and fire the DB coaches and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the numbers on the defense are, are really the same. I mean, yeah, this is what? They the were fourth fine or fi- today. The they were fi- fine. Yeah, the, this is the fourth or fifth game where it's like if the offense scores three touchdowns, I mean, they win. And it just didn't right. happen. Right. And yeah, I mean, the I think we can all see it coming that, you know, Manny does need to sacrifice something from this poor season and that's probably going to be offensive coordinator Dan Enos does that mean other assistants as well we'll see I would guess this is strictly a guess I would say yes there probably will be assistants that are gone along with Enos on the offensive side Um, but yeah I mean look it's a results-oriented business, and the results weren't there on offense. So I think a, a change is fair on offense. Um, you know, I hope that Manny Diaz makes the move to kind of, you know, the quote-unquote trendy spread uh, offense that really utilizes dual-threat quarterbacks. I do think one interesting thing to consider uh, within this offensive coordinator search, you know, potential if it does happen, you know, the quarterback that Miami just signed is Tyler Van Dyke, who is a straight up pocket passer. Um, you know, does that enter into Manny Diaz's thinking when he wants to bring in an offensive coordinator? Uh, I don't know. I think it is something he's going to have to consider because there might be a situation where. You know, Tyler Van Dyke is his guy next year in 2020 as a true freshman starter. Um, so would he want, let's say, a Rich Rodriguez type of offensive coordinator if Tyler Van Dyke is his quarterback? 
you know, I might be, I might be getting too far ahead of myself, you know, throwing this out there, but I do think, you know, having Tyler Van Dyke in the fold as the quarterback signee is an interesting element in a potential offensive coordinator search. Do you agree? I do, but here's my counter to that. I, if I'm, a, I'm Manny Diaz, I, I can't think big picture. Um, right. I gotta think. I gotta win right away. So I get it. You got Tyler Van Dyke, elite eleven quarterback, um, talented arm out of Connecticut. But man, I mean, I, I, I'm finding someone who I think can can work with what I have on my roster. Someone who can score a bunch of points right away, and maybe someone that can go fight a grand, grad transfer quarterback. Because I honestly don't think there's a coach that will enter this upcoming hot season and roll into next season on a hotter seat than Manny Diaz. I mean, you just lost to FIU and you just lost to uh, Louisiana Tech. And the Louisiana Tech game is a lot worse than the FIU one in terms of national uh, image just because everyone in the country was watching. I mean, not everyone saw the FIU one, but everyone watched this game. Um, I threw this out there in the reaction piece. I did, you know, 11 quick thoughts after the game. Uh, on InsideTheU.com, but okay. So for next year, what is the bare minimum amount of wins uh, that you feel like Manny has to get for you to feel confident that this thing is going in the right direction? Well, I, I mean, I don't know what you put in the in that article. I would I would say eight or nine. Yeah. Um, right, somewhere in there. I mean, I... which one? Eight or nine? <laughs> is eight good enough? I think eight's good enough for the administration at Miami, but nine should be the number. Is that right. fair? Yes, I agree. I agree. Eight's probably good enough to keep his job. Um, but, you know, I think my, the Miami fan base and, and would feel much better about where things are heading if they could win at least nine games next year. Will that happen? And, we'll see. Yeah, and then I kind of want to – we've discussed about this too, given the result, how this has played out now – Recruiting is going to hit a complete wall. There is zero momentum right now. Um, I know me and you, David, this past weekend, we were out at the Legends Showcase game in Tampa, Florida, which is basically all the top class of 2021 recruits in the state that get together for a game. And uh, there's a media session where you get a chance to interview all these kids. And I've done it now. Me and you have done it for the past three years. So this was year three. And this was the first time, I mean, the buzz and talk in Miami was at an all-time low. Um, No one really brought up Miami unless you brought up Miami. And I just think that's really going to hurt Manny because this is supposed to be the best cycle we've seen in a long time in Miami-Dade. And Miami doesn't look like they're in good shape for any of those kids. So it's going to be hard. You know, everyone wants to make a big deal about how – you know, other programs drop bags, yada, yada, yada. The bottom line is Miami has nothing to complain about because they aren't winning games. And the most important factor in recruiting is winning games. It's very simple. So Miami has no one to blame but themselves for their struggles in recruiting if that happens moving forward. And another thing, too, that that needs to be highlighted with, with the recruiting efforts for this next cycle is that it is a extremely talented and deep local class in South Florida. Right, Andrew? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're not in good shape with any of these guys. And 
I don't even know if Miami were to say pull the plug on Manny Diaz midway through the season like Florida State did with Willie Taggart. That would give you enough time to salvage a class and, and try to get some of those guys just with the early signing period. I mean, I, I, I just kind of how I see this going, like this is going to be they're not going to sign a good class in 2021, regardless of what happens. Right. I mean, I would say unless they somehow win 10 games, which I think you and I are both ruling out next season, that's it's probably going to be a disappointing recruiting class, which is a shame because it is one of the best recruiting classes locally, you know, of the last decade. It is loaded. It is. Um, Real quickly before we get out of here, I really don't want to talk much about the game, but some guys you liked maybe underclassmen that flashed that you thought they did during the game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sam Brooks, I thought, you know, did his thing. As a true freshman starting his first game of his college career, uh, you know, there were some freshman mistakes. He had the penalty on the sideline for a, a tackle when a guy was already out of bounds. But I think Sam flashed his speed. I think you could see he's definitely a fast guy, and he's good at, at coming downhill. Um you know, in my mind, I don't think Miami missed Michael Pinkney much today, to be honest. And I'm not speaking bad on Michael Pinkney. I think I'm just making the point that, you know, Sam Brooks stepped in and played fairly well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, he is what we kind of thought he he was. And it's like, why wasn't he playing earlier in the season when Pinkney was coming out? I mean, I, I thought for a while there was a chance they're going to roll on roll a, a walk on out there. So it was encouraging to see him. I, I do think he was good um, to Corey Brooks or excuse me to, to Corey Couch on special teams. I, I kind of liked what I saw out of him in that gunner role. I I know yeah. he made a boneheaded play with the, with the big monster hit and didn't get that fumble, but I, at least there's some juice to him and he seemed like he was playing hard. Um, yeah. And you know, well, he's not a new, he's not a, a new starter or anything, but Greg Rousseau looked dominant. I thought too, he played really well. I thought Scott Patchen, played really well too stepping up you know for guys like John Garvin and Trayvon Hill who decided to not participate in the game so you know I think other than maybe Sam Brooks I guess Jafari Harvey played some I don't know he didn't really flash much to me did he to you uh I'm sorry who, who I, I was reading a tweet from a recruit <laughs> sorry Jafari, Jafari Harvey did you notice him because I you know he was out there um, but did he make I, plays to you? No, I didn't. I didn't really notice him at all. Um, they said J- Jason Blissett might play, and then Jason Blissett didn't dress. Um, right. it, it, it is what it is. It's just. <laughs> I, oh, and Lorenzo like the, Lingard. I don't. Did he get in? Was he there? Like, what's going on there? I like, I don't know. Are they trying to make him transfer? I don't know. Anyways. or or Michael Parrott being out there. Right. Like, that's done, right? I mean, I would expect, yeah, with, with Miami signing Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton and then both enrolling early, um, you know, Lorenzo Lingard's time at Miami. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I know you're dropping a, not a hot board, but some names to know for... Yeah, uh, when uh, that does uh, officially happen... Um, you know, there's some interesting names out there still for offensive coordinator. Um, 
you know, we can touch on a few of them. Like one of them I've already kind of said was Rich Rodriguez. I think he would bring an exciting scheme to Miami. Um, you know, he'd probably have to, he would either have to roll with Tate Martell as his quarterback, or he'd have to find another fit somewhere in the transfer portal as a, you know, dual threat guy. Um, you know, Chip Long, Notre Dame. I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that would want to come to Miami, but I think he's a well-respected offensive coordinator. And then, you know, the last guy I think I'll touch on is a guy who was heavily rumored last year with Larry, being Larry Fedora, the ex-North Carolina head coach. Um, you know, supposedly Fedora and Diaz have a lot of mutual respect for each other. So, you know, those are just a few of the names out there. And then there's some up-and-comers that I think are extremely intriguing, too, that would be cheaper options, which might come into play because now Miami probably has to swallow some of Dan Enos' remaining contract. So, you know, when that news does go official, we'll definitely put that list of names out there. I mean, assuming it, it will become official, and I, based on Manny's comments, I mean, if you read them, it's pretty clear that this is going to be the case. Uh, I mean, yeah. if you read between the lines with him, uh, it's going to be up to him. I mean, if he, he has to make the right hire the first time around, he felt like Danny Nuss was the right guy, and it was uh, a miscalculation. It did not work at all. So now it's up to him, and he's going to have to fill out his staff. So I, I'm interested to see how it goes, and I'm fully expecting them to work the transfer portal over the next few weeks, uh, probably try to find a quarterback. I mean, last question I have for you. I'm like, do you think the quarterback situation is even in a worse place than, than it was last season? Because I would may, maybe argue yes. Like, uh, Yeah. I honestly do. I think so. Um, seeing the way Jaron Williams has regressed, I just do not understand it. Maybe it is simply just defenses have figured him out, and Jaron has no counterpunch to whatever these defenses are doing to him now. But I cannot explain the way he looked against Florida State and Louisville to the way he ended with these three losses at the end of the year, and he just looks totally inept and... He looks like he has no confidence out there at all. So, you know, I think everything is is up for grabs at the quarterback spot right now. I don't think anything is for certain. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be shocked if all three of these guys aren't on the roster next year. I don't know. Um, you know, I think, of course, we're going to see some attrition there, you know, one or two guys. But if all three guys decide to move on, I would not be shocked either. Um, I think it's going to be a totally different quarterback look in 2020. Do you think that's crazy? Well, I don't know about all of them, but I, I would expect at least one of these guys to kind of move on for sure. Um, yeah. I also think there's probably going to be some more attrition elsewhere on the roster, but there's probably really only a handful of guys who I think could leave that would be major losses. So, And I don't want to speculate on names, but I mean, the next two weeks are going to get real interesting, I think. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of portal action for sure. And that's just that's part of the deal with a, uh, you know, a new coach. He's still a first-year coach and uh, a 6 and 7 season. You know, that that equals a lot of guys not wanting to be around, to be honest. Well, that's going to do it all for this instant reaction edition. I'm sure we'll go more in depth here uh, sometime soon. I'm going up to Orlando for 
the Under Armour All-America game. So maybe I'll set up a mobile studio and we'll kind of dig into this. Um, David, anything else you got? Yeah, you know, just stay locked onto the site. Like like we keep saying, I'm sure offensive coordinator stuff's going to happen and we'll be on top of it. So, you know, we'll have plenty of interesting content uh, surrounding what's going on there. So check out the site when, when and if that news does happen. Later. Bye.